Welcome to Whitestone Podcast from the Whitestone Forum. This podcast is for business and nonprofit leaders like you and me, specifically designed around building, polishing, and leveraging our competencies. Each episode will provide a lens through which ever-growing citizens of God's kingdom can think about very effectively impacting every one of their organizations. For Whitestone Podcast, I'm Kevin Miller. Money is the root of all evil. How did you react when I made such a blunt statement? Did you cheer, loving the fact that I could be challenging those greedy, wealthy people out there? Or did you cringe because you want someone to validate your pursuit of wealth? Or were you not sure what to think? So let's ask the question bluntly. Is money the root of all evil? Well, the Bible certainly doesn't say so. The problem is not money. It's the love of money that is a root of all kinds of evils. And that has real consequences. 1 Timothy 6.10 says, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. So the Bible is clear. Our love of money creates significant self-destruction. How do we as 21st century Christians address this? What are the practical ideas we can apply to ensure that we do not nurture a love for money, which is a root of all kinds of evils, while still not treating money itself as an automatic source of evil? Let's take a look at a working framework of how to approach handling our pocketbooks what I like to call the three C's of money. Those three C's are covetousness, condemnation, and commission. That's right, covetousness, condemnation, commission. The first two C's, covetousness and condemnation, address an important question. When it comes to the wealth and stewardship of others, how do we respond? To answer that question, Let's first talk about covetousness. It certainly looks like many of the complaints about the wealth of others is rooted in envy. But no less than the Tenth Commandment says, quote, You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his male servant, or his female servant, or his ox, or his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's, unquote. That's right. We are not to covet anything of our neighbor's. Not anything. Well, that path is pretty simple. But it's harder to sincerely walk in day by day. The second C is also about other people's wealth and stewardship. Condemnation. For years, I've noticed something that seems to be very consistent about so many varied opinions about money. And that consistency is this. Almost everybody finds it easy to condemn others for how they handle their own money. Have you spotted that too? Sure you have observed that flaw in other people. (laughs) While it's often obvious and easy to criticize how others handle or mishandle their own money, we would do well to follow Jesus' admonition from Matthew 7, 5. Quote, You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye, unquote. 
Well, now that's pretty clear. We are to mind our own shortcomings and avoid focusing on the perceived shortcomings of others. Now, one very important distinction should be made when it comes to evaluating others' handling of money. When we entrust our own finances to others, we should be attentive to whether they're being good stewards of our resources. Evaluating how people steward our money versus how other individuals steward their own money are two entirely different things. When others are handling, or perhaps even mishandling, the money that we ourselves are supposed to be steward for, like our checking account, our charitable giving, our investments, our taxes, well then, we have a responsibility to evaluate their stewardship. That's right. This kind of assessment is not only fair game, but it's our very duty as stewards of our resources. We should cast an informed, learned eye about how those funds are being handled. So let's summarize our second C, condemnation. When it comes to evaluating how your neighbor stewards his or her personal resources, don't. Look at the log in your own eye instead. But we do have a duty to evaluate those who we've entrusted our own money to are handling our resources. This is not the condemnation of others. It is the attentive stewardship of our own resources. So just how do we be good stewards of our money? How do we evaluate the fruitfulness of our investments, our charitable giving, our purchases? This brings us to our third and final C, commission. You may remember the word commission from what we as Christians often call the Great Commission. It's found in Matthew 28, and I'm quoting, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, unquote. That's Jesus' great commission given to all believers for all time. So what's that got to do with our money? You and I can surely agree that we are to be good stewards of the money entrusted to us by God and by others. And that's true no matter how much money we are entrusted with. That principle is found in the parable of talents found in Matthew 25, where Jesus gave three different individuals different amounts and held each of them independently accountable for the results. In fact, Jesus did not hold the person given more resources to a higher standard. No, Jesus assessed the stewardship performance of each person independently. So the big question is, what does the Bible say about where our money is to be invested? Whether we have one, five, or ten coins to steward, how do we choose to invest? Well, we're all called to be different things as Christians. One may be called to be a business person, another a nonprofit leader, another a pastor, another a stay-at-home parent. All the more, God has given some a passion to help combat human trafficking. Others a passion for helping mentor teenagers. Others a passion for biology, literature, or computer science. And this diversity of passion and calling is a beautiful thing. As Paul said to the Corinthians, quote, If the whole body were in the air, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them as He chose. There are many parts, yet one body, unquote. Jesus himself talked about investments in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 19 to 21, and I'm in the ESV. 
quote, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, unquote. Now that's sobering. Apparently, if you don't store any treasure up in heaven, your heart itself will be tied to earthly temporal matters. Wow. So can we find an underlying factor that can unify the body of all believers as to what we are all to invest in? Yes, the Great Commission. Jesus' last command for all believers for all time is the ultimate goal of all our work here on earth. The work of our hands, our prayers, and yes, our money should be geared towards effective disciple-making. You see, Paul told the Colossians that believers here on earth have been transferred into the kingdom of God. Clearly, every new believer is a treasure to God. Biblical investing at the foundational level is legitimate, fruitful evangelism and discipling. The very storing up of treasures in heaven. This should be our focus. No matter what cause we are passionate about, no matter who our employer is, no matter what role we are fulfilling in a particular season, no matter how many dollars we have to invest, we mustn't leave the third C out of our approach to money and resources. Take the C out of commission, and we're left with omission. So do you believe that God takes these investments of ours in the kingdom of God? and multiplies them in terms of souls and impact? Now that's storing up your treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where stock market crashes or economic tribulation cannot alter God's will and purposes. Now that's crazy good, turning our resources over to kingdom purposes. That's every Christian spot-on investment opportunity. So how do we avoid the love of money, a root of all kinds of evils? First, when it comes to the wealth and stewardship of others, avoid covetousness and condemnation. And then, when it comes to our own resources, our privilege is the storing up of treasures in heaven, the foundational focus of the great commission Christ gave to make disciples. In handling these three C's, Well, the love of money can be muted, and money itself can be used as a tool for good. So, go take a look at your heart and pocketbook. Thank you for listening to Whitestone Podcast. Visit our website, whitestone.org, for more real-world equipping. There you'll find uncommon video teachings, application and action questions for this podcast episode, and more. Also, check out our unique downloadable resources for group meetups. That's whitestone.org. I'm Kevin Miller.